Hello, Kubernetes community. Welcome back to another episode of the PodCTL podcast. Tyler, we took the 4th of July week off, but uh, good to be back. How are you, man? Where are you at? Uh, right now, I'm up in the Boston area um, with uh, some of uh, the Red Hat public sector team uh, getting together on some things. So, uh, yeah, back, back, to, back to work. Yeah, absolutely. So I, normally I would ask you how things are in, in Pennsylvania, the weather. So how's the, how's the Boston weather since we always start with weather? <laughs> uh, actually, warmer. It's, it's a lot hotter up here than it's been. Uh, it was awful uh, a lot of days last week, but then we had a nice cool weekend, uh, you know, reasonable, like say 80 and then uh, it's hot again up here. So, all right, yeah, it's it's hot down here in North Carolina. Although it's it's always hot in North Carolina in the summer. So it's uh, at least it's sunny. So that's good. No rain. Well, listen. Um, so a couple of a couple of things before we get started. So uh, a lot of people have, have reached out to us and said, "Hey, uh, Kubernetes one dot eleven came out. When are you guys going to do a show about that? You always do a show about that. Um, we will." Uh, have a show about that out next week. So if you're listening to this one, uh, it'll be the next show. Um, we're going to have uh, Josh Burkus, who was the um, the release manager for this release. Uh, it's going to be on with us. We just couldn't get him on in time. So we will have that one out for next week to kind of learn the goodness of what's coming out in 1.11. Um, this week, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about kind of the, the marketplace and and kind of the complexities of figuring out what's going on in the marketplace. And so, Tyler, I... I I say that, you know, it sounds sort of weird coming from us because this is all we do all day long um, in terms of jobs and talking to companies and, and, you know, dealing with the community and stuff. But I've been reading a whole bunch of surveys came out. And I don't know if if June and July are just survey months in our industry or what the deal is, but like a whole bunch of surveys came out. And as I'm looking through them, they're all over the place. And so I thought maybe it'd be good for us to talk about like, you know, what data makes sense? Why is there so much kind of... uh, not diversity, but just kind of all over the place with results and so forth. And so uh, I thought we would sort of dive into that in the context of, you know, do we have a good picture of what the Kubernetes and container market looks like? Yeah, no, I, I, I know it's the same thing as you're looking at it depends who put the survey together and things like that. You know, the, the, the numbers seem to vary pretty wildly. And I mean, just right off the bat, I don't think for the most part there's any sort of, you know, malfeasance of like, oh, we want to show things to be a certain way. Um, I think... I think a piece of it's just uh, the number one thing is a lot of these are surveys where they're literally to say, here, click on the survey monkey link and, and fill this thing out kind of thing. We get a lot of self-selection bias because you share it amongst your community and then your community is the ones that choose to respond. So you get a very uh, sort of narrow view of, of the world from there. So sometimes it can be extrapolated larger. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think it's one of those things is if you, you have to keep that in mind, kind of not so much you know, that there's something wrong with the source of the data, but just, um, you know, it may be, it may have some inherent biases just for the data itself. Yeah. So I, we, we pulled up, we pulled up four different, uh, sort of data sources just to do this. There's, there's always lots of them out there. So we pulled up the, the cloudability state of the cloud, uh, 2018 report, which came out in either May or June cloudability is a company who typically is doing like cost management in the public cloud, but they, they give us really good detailed stats. Um, we pulled up, um, kind of an ongoing thing that uh, the Datadog does using their monitored stats. So both CloudAbility and Datadog use statistics that they use from collected information of actual users on their platform. So um, they do a thing about, you know, kind of, they call it surprising facts about Docker usage. Um, So it's, you know, what are people doing with containers? But they, those two base it on what people are actually doing in their environments. 
Uh, and then we grabbed the, the DigitalOcean uh, Currents, which is their kind of quarterly blog. Uh, so they did a big survey, about 5,000 people on, on some usage characteristics. And then finally, we looked at the CNCF's upcoming uh, – they've got a survey that's going on right now starting in June, but sort of looking at the framework of surveys. So, so we can kind of talk about like how are certain questions structured and what can you expect the results to be from those things. So we're going to kind of talk about all four of those in different perspectives and hopefully not tell folks like, hey, this is right or wrong, but just give you a perspective on like, hey, as you're seeing these things, what should I look out for? How do I see trends? How do I know where there's – like you said, there's bias or confirmation bias or just small samples or whatever. Yeah, and, and I think it's funny you see this. It's not even just the Kube community. Um, you know, we I remember being, you know, in the OpenStack Foundation would do that. They do an annual survey. And you get these links like, oh, fill this out. And I'm like, well, I, I, work in, I work in like marketing for a vendor. Like how useful is this data for me to tell you right. where I'm using OpenStack kind of thing? So I think, I think some of it, yeah, is there's, uh, you know, some of those kind of issues because – the number one thing they, um, you know, people look, think is a uh, an indicator of quality is just like number of responses, where that's not necessarily the, anyone with any sort of statistics background tell you that's not necessarily the case. Right, right, yeah. So I think if I went through a checklist of like, you know, if I got a survey or if I got a headline that said, hey, something, 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 something. Based on this survey, like, what are the first couple of checkboxes I would mentally go through to go, okay, how do I how do I think about this? I think the first thing is going to be, um, you know, who who created it, right? So it's it's the sort of let's let's do the the classic thing we do in technology, which is like follow the money, figure out, you know, is there somebody who's trying to push an agenda? Is this sort of a neutral third party that's doing this? Um, you know, let, let's figure out maybe what the inherent thing they're trying to come across might be. That's the first thing I look at. Um, the second thing is, like you said, how many people uh, responded to this? You know, who, who did they send it to? Uh, what's the demographics of those people? How many responded? And then, you know, based on that sort of stuff, like, okay, you know, should I care? Um, the third thing I tend to look at is, is this survey data? So like you said, you know, do people really, you know, are they are they monkeying with the results or not? Or is this stuff that comes from, hey, we looked at what people use on our platform and this is actual usage data and so forth. So, you know, maybe you put more credibility in the cloudability and data dog type of stuff than you do some of the survey stuff just because you're like, it wasn't biased. It was biased by usage as opposed to biased by, you know, how the question got answered or question got asked. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think the, the usage ones are, are fascinating, um, which you can even still have, you know, problems there based on like what you're, uh, you know, like, for example, I used to remember uh, NetApp, they had a thing called auto support where their systems would dial home and they could put together some really good data based on what people are doing with their systems. Um, but they're this, you know, kind of missing a whole sector of people who had it turned off for security reasons or whatever. Right. And just, you know, that's, that's those things too, is you, it's, you know, aware of your, what your data really says. Um, but I mean, it's still, if you, if you know, if you're framing them properly, um, there, you can usually still find some insights in them. Right. Right. Well, and I, I think the next thing that I sort of look at, and, and this is something that tends to be inconsistent, I find is, um, and, and this is, I'll sort of frame it in the Kubernetes and container space is there's kind of an inconsistency about, are they asking questions about your usage to be kind of technology or project specific, or do they, do they get down into a granularity of like, you know, like, let's say you claim to be using Kubernetes. What kind of Kubernetes are you using? Are you using a specific vendor's implementation? Are you using a managed service? Are you doing it, do it yourself? 
and and this is where I think sometimes in the Kubernetes community we we get these mixed results because the the survey things are that way. So like for example, you know, I, I a lot of times they'll just say are using Kubernetes and you know, as a developer, you may or may not know that it's OpenShift or it's Rancher or it's, you know, something else or whatever. Um, you might just say Kubernetes. Um, and then sometimes they will include in the question, they'll be like, well, you know, are you using a specific vendor's implementation? And so we get these sort of mixed results sometimes of like, you know, what are we using or is it Kubernetes or was it a specific? And, and I think we're kind of starting to get to a point maturity wise where the market has some leaders and followers and stuff that that might be useful information as opposed to just saying, are you using Kubernetes? But I, you know, I'm always curious about if people really want to know that level of granularity. I know some buyers do, but you know, maybe that's just us having a vendor bias on, you know, wanting to know who's winning or losing or leading and so forth. Yeah. I, th- I think the question kind of has two levels. I would think if I'm a potential user is right. Does this whole thing have, have critical mass, which I, I you know, think without the survey data, <clears throat> it still seems like it does. But, uh, you know, I think that's level one, like, hey, using Kubernetes. And then, like you said, the level two thing is like, okay, we're definitely doing this. Is there, you know, who, who Kubernetes is most people using? Right, right. Well, and I think a, a great example of that is like, um, you know, the CNCF will, will often say like, well, where are you running Kubernetes? And, you know, just as you'd expect in the marketplace, because a lot of developers will use Amazon or leading edge customers will use Amazon, They'll say, hey, we're running Kubernetes on Amazon. And then they stop. And so you don't really know, okay, is that is that do-it-yourself Kubernetes? Are they running a you know commercial distribution of Kubernetes? Are they running the native Kubernetes service? Um, you know, like and, and those sort of things I think are useful feedback to have because it tells us, you know, what are people's buying patterns? Are they are we still in a stage where there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers? You know, are people saying, hey, it's just too hard to deal with, I'll manage it myself. Are they using commercial software because they want to manage the environment and maybe they're going to run multi-cloud? And like, I feel like as a community, we should know those next levels of depth um, and just sort of knowing like, hey, we run it on the most popular cloud doesn't tell us enough um, for, you know, for a lot of different groups. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, we saw that in the early days of that stuff. I remember, like you said, with the, oh, we're doing stuff on Amazon and you saw some of the kind of headlines away from that was like, oh, ECS, people, everyone's using ECS everywhere. And then once people start, we're like, oh, really? Start digging into it more. Like, oh, no, no, no. We're just using EC2 instances and running Kubernetes right. you know, upstream. There. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, that's a, that's a different that's, – that's cool, but that's just like a different answer than what we kind of right. drew the data to say. Well, and, and, and sometimes this is – that's a great example of where sometimes you need not just the survey data from one, but you need to kind of cross-reference it to a couple of things. So, for example, let's, let's sort of stick with that Amazon Kubernetes thing. So – Let's say you pick up, say, the CNCF survey from even like the last one they did, and you go, oh, wow, 70% of people are running Kubernetes on Amazon. This must all be ECS or EKS, right? Because, gosh, it's Kubernetes on Amazon. And then you cross-reference it, and you pull up like the Cloudability one, which Cloudability is focused on where is spend happening for specific things. And they break down like the first 10 or 15 most, you know, most used, most spent services on AWS and none of the container services are listed on there, right? So that's when you go, oh, okay, maybe that really means people are just using the EC2 services and running their own or you know, using a commercial one. Or so. so sometimes as you're looking at survey data, sometimes you have to go, does that tell me everything I need to know or am I assuming? And then is there a secondary data point or a third data point that I can use to, to better clarify things? 
Yeah, yeah, and that's where sometimes the data appears contradictory until you kind of have that extra layer of information to, to separate it out. Right, right. Yeah, the, the other thing that I, you know, I find is a little bit lacking, but you know, maybe this is just, you know, again, the nature of surveys is we don't always know sort of usage-based details, right? We get a lot of, hey, are you using this in production or using this in dev and test? Um, but we don't really understand uh, you know, anything beyond that. Um, you know, sometimes they'll get into a little bit of stuff or using, you know, I know the CNCF this time is trying to say, are using it for batch or using it for stateful or using it for stateless. And, um, you know, that's going to help us, but I think we're still lacking somewhat of, do we know enough about what people are using these things for? Um, we get some of it out of, you know, customer case studies that come from vendors and so forth. And, but, uh, I feel like that's an area that, that there's still lots of, uh, of, of richness that could come out of these things. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a piece is a sort of IT cultural thing, which maybe um, needs to change. You know, where companies just have this idea, especially because they're building a lot of bespoke systems for so long that it's part of their secret sauce of their how their company works. So they don't really want to talk about it publicly too much. Yeah. Uh, so you get these weird sort of like tragedy of commons where oh, we want we want to hear you know every every vendor place. Oh, we want references. We want to talk to customers. We want this. We want detailed how they have their architecture set up. And you're like, oh, you're really struggling giving that data. And then they buy it and they set up. And like, cool, can we share your information? And they're like, oh, absolutely not. They're right. like, well, now you're <laughs> you know, if no one does, like we're just in the cycle then. Right. Well, and, and I think, you know, like a great example of sort of why some of that stuff may be useful is, you know, if you think back a couple of years when containers were first coming out, it was containers are small. They don't last very long. They're a perfect fit for microservices and stateless applications. And that's really the only thing that you should use containers for. And then, you know, we realized, uh, you know, different vendors at different time cycles and so forth, like, oh, you can do more than just stateless stuff in containers. You can do stateful stuff. You can do, you know, things that are batch or long running or whatever they would be. Um, and, and now you, you know, now you see the marketplace sort of, you know, come around to where there's, uh, almost more of a recognition that like, hey, containers are great. At, it can do that for a lot of things. That's where I wonder if if we knew some more, if we had some more of that data and we had been able to get that back into the upstream communities like we would have seen feature development faster or maybe not. So again, you know, examples of, like you said, sort of, uh, you know, where, where people just sort of go to where the thing they've heard, oh, I heard that in a meetup or I heard that from so-and-so thought leader. That must be all the people do. So, you know, it's uh, it's always asymmetry of data type of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you see that even in internal to companies, you know, uh, when you talk to different, you know, like I said, right now I'm up talking to the public sector teams at uh, Red Hat, but, you know, so they have a, a very specific worldview of what customers are doing, what they need, uh, things like what their challenges are, uh, which are different in a lot of cases than some of the commercial customers and things like that. But with that's all the world you see, you, that's how you see the world. So it's like, well, we need this because this is the most important thing ever. Uh, but then if you talk to a different group, say enterprises, like, oh, no, we don't need that stuff. Yep, yep. Um, you, you know, the next thing on my list is I sort of go through these things. And again, I, I don't I don't always know how you would gather this information, but I feel like it might be useful. So one of the things that people ask us about Kubernetes, and I think it's still kind of debated because I don't think there is one right answer. Is like, well, who who uses Kubernetes, right? Is it a you know is it a platform for ops? Is it a platform for developers? I think the real answer is both. Um, you know, I, I'll say that just from my perspective of having talked to literally hundreds of companies that are using Kubernetes is like 
there is some coordination between both of those teams. And sometimes it's, you know, it's the ops team that runs it and, you know, they're helping set up pipelines. In other cases, there's a DevOps team, which is a mix of them. I don't think we get a lot of great data out of these surveys that tell us like who's using it, who's running it, what's the makeup of those teams. And I think that's something that, you know, would be helpful for the marketplace to know, because I think sometimes we have perceptions of, well, this team's supposed to run it or that team's supposed to run it. And maybe you get this hesitation of like, oh, well, that, that's not, that doesn't have the right tools for developers yet. Or, or our ops team doesn't know how to do that because they only know virtualization. And I, I think if we could surface more data about who's putting these things into production, that the market might go, oh, okay, there is more of a blended mix than maybe we, we assumed based on some article we read or something. Yeah, and I think that's kind of also where you see uh, some, of, uh, some of our fellow marketers um, make those types of mistakes where um, flashy, you know, a, a really interesting use case like, uh, you know, some sort of startup or, you know, tech, big scale tech company or even some theoretical future use case where it's like really flashy. Um, and I remember being at, uh, at vendor conferences and stuff where there'd be a big, you know, main stage demo bag. And then the feedback from customers that were there, you talk to like, that was really cool. I mean, that doesn't apply to us at all. We don't do any of that. Right. Like, no, no, no. Don't you see? And I think, yeah, totally. Where you're like, well, actually, you know, if customers have the idea where Kubernetes is for a bunch of, you know, hipster developers with their skinny jeans and, and MacBooks and, you know, writing in Node and, and that's it. And you're like, no, it's a lot of them are ops teams and they're deploying Java apps and whatever in their pipeline. And, yeah, there's a lot of different potential use cases and, and some of that's just perception. And the best way to, you know, fix perception is have, have some good data to refute it. Right, right. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I, I, again, I, I don't know how you would necessarily get that data because, you know, all, all you see is things happening. So that, that might be something where, again, you're not going to get that data out of a, a Datadog or CloudAbility service, but you might get it if the survey asks the right questions and you kind of cross-reference them. I think the problem is too often the survey questions will say, well, are you a developer or are you an ops person? Or maybe you're a DevOps person, but there's there's no way to sort of you know be a little more blurred or a little more blended in that stuff. So yeah, especially if you have multiple people from the same company. I mean, in right. many cases, obviously, companies have multiple environments, different groups using it. Plus, then so trying to rolling it up is difficult. It's a lot, I think I think it's a, it becomes a, a lot harder problem. The one thing that was interesting, but again, it's, it's still self selection bias. Is I don't know if you remember VMware. Someone at VMware, uh, maybe William Lamb, made a tool that would like just collect basic VMware data about your environment. Like, Hey, what's, how big are your disk sizes? What like very big. And you could upload this resulting, you know, uh, anonymous data to, and it was kind of like, Oh, what are the average people's configuration settings kind of thing? Uh, which was interesting uh, as well too, to see that if you were pulling, you know, data from Kube to say, Hey, yeah, the average, the average Kube cluster runs uh, 5,000 pods and blah, 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 blah. That would be interesting data too. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be, you know, I, it would be, I know at some point, you know, we'll see at least vendor implementations, um, you know, will embed that sort of thing um, so that we know about it. But yeah, it would be, would be interesting to see if there was some community way to, to, to pull that sort of information. I know, like you said, it's always a, it's always a tricky thing to get usage data uh, from real working things because of security and compliance and just general fears of like, I don't trust where the data is going and um but yeah, in a fast-moving market, it's always it, it would be nice to have. Like we can we can always sort of wish for it. Um, the last thing I had on my list of just stuff that we would like to have or things to sort of be aware of is 
it's it's very rare. Sometimes we'll see it. Some of the surveys, you know, will include like, hey, where where are the surveys coming from? And and they try and do a pretty good job of sending them out geographically to things. Um, but I don't know that we necessarily always connect the dots between like uh, any granularity within areas. So like, for example, if somebody said, Hey, we're from North America and, and you know what their usages looks like. I mean, you know, what, what goes on in like Silicon Valley or Seattle or something is so different than what's going to happen in Cleveland, Denver, Miami, Atlanta, you know, I mean, like even within regions of, of areas, you know, there's, there's pockets of tech centers in Europe, there's pockets of them in North America. Um, it would be sort of nice to have a, another level of granularity just because, and again, I think a lot of this for us comes back to, you know, there's so much that comes from little data points of like some thought leader in a meetup versus, you know, what a car company or a, a hospitality company or a healthcare company or whatever has to do in real life. And I, and I think sometimes we, we bias ourselves towards these little data points as opposed to knowing, oh, okay, that's a trend that's happening in healthcare. Or like you said, that's a trend that's happening in public sector and government that is very different than what I see in other places. And it'd be sort of nice to be able to vet that out in some better way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, especially if you could kind of have the raw data set underneath and then cut it whichever way, you know, where it's like, Oh, I want to see a vertical. So financial services. Right. Oh, I want to see, well, you know, globally, but it's like, Oh, I want to see EMEA all, you know, all, uh, you know, verticals. Yeah, no, that would be actually that, that, that's probably my, my last request is like, yeah, give us the data. Right. I mean, you know, or make the data available. You don't have to, you know, whatever, but, um, yeah, make it available because people do want to know. They want to slice and dice it. They want to ask different questions of it. And we live in a world where storing data is so cheap. It would be nice if that was uh, if that was readily available. So, any you know, you you've read through all these surveys. Obviously, you keep up with them. You know, for for various work reasons. Anything else in some of these surveys that's surprised you, or you know, things that you know you just didn't expect, or you were like, oh wow, I got to go dig into that some more. Um. Yeah, I think I think. The sort of the the CNCF survey, um, just because it's you know it's survey data, you know they're not pulling live data from any environment or anything like that, so you get some variability. But it was interesting to see the kind of they, what's nice they do is they show they compare like the years in a row, like the last couple times they ran it, and they kind of show you the graphs and stuff. Is you kind of see a bit of the noise in the data there, where it's like oh the you know number of people who said they're using this dropped by this percentage, you know. Like, it, and it could be, you know, that type of thing. Like you said, it says Kubernetes is listed and so is something like OpenShift. So it's like, well, OpenShift went up. So it's like, did some of the people realize they were running OpenShift, not Kubernetes? Did people actually run it less? It's like some of that stuff. I, I, that was kind of my, the head scratcher that I saw in the, uh, in the CNCF stuff. Right, right. Well, in the CNCF stuff, they, they sort of changed what they did. So I know they used to call out certain vendor things along with Kubernetes, which like like you said, we always were like, wait a second, that's going to confuse people because it is Kubernetes. Um, they seem to have dropped certain vendors off of there, like all the Kubernetes vendors, but then they still have stuff like Docker Swarm in there or Mesos or something. So it's like they they do this sort of weird blending of you know technologies, but then there's some vendor companies, but then you know like there's cloud providers, but then there's not. And anyways, I, I, there needs to be some consistency of that because I think it is going to. It is going to confuse results if you just say like Amazon versus Amazon EKS or Amazon whatever. Um, the, the other one that jumped out at me a little bit, it's in the, I think it's in the Datadog survey. Um, and this is something we see sometimes as we talk to, to companies and they're trying to do like ROI models, especially if they're doing ROI models for like 
you know, initial investment or, hey, we're, we might move off of virtualization or something like that. Um, there's some good data from, from the Datadog one that talks about kind of the density of container usage as you grow. And in essence, it's kind of logical, you would expect, but, but if you're doing the math, it might not always work. It's like the more we get used to using containers, the denser we make our hosts, right? So the more we feel comfortable with it, the longer we've used it for, the density gets more. And, and part of that seems obvious because you're like, oh, well, you know, you'll, you'll use more applications. You'll containerize more applications. But I think what it ultimately gets at is, you know, just like we saw early on with virtualization, you were like, well, I'm not really sure that I trust the technology to, to sort out memory and to isolate things properly and so forth. But, but as you used it more and more, you were like, yep, works pretty well. I can put more things on there. I can, I can do, you know, denser packing of applications and hosts. Um, and that's one thing I think we see sometimes is, is people do early things and they'll go like, well, you know, I, I got five or six VMs on a host and how many containers am I really going to deal with? Am I going to put one or two in a VM? And eventually it's like, oh, no, I can make those those denser. So that's something to take a look at if you're trying to do some some ROI calculations of like, okay, don't just figure out sort of year one, look at what some of the data has seen from other people about how you would forecast those things out a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a good, um, you know, analogous to the, to the virtualization thing. Like I remember in the early days where people were like, well, let's let's keep our VM to physical ratio relatively low. And some of it's just a comfort level more than anything, too. Not even just like, oh, we don't have enough virtualization stuff. It's just like we have some headroom if we've, if we've miscalculated. Or, you know, we're concerned about performance and, and, and user experience. So see that. And then as they got more comfort with both their apps running in that type of scenario as well as, their comfort with the platform itself, the, the densities went up. And I think it's the same thing here. It's a piece of like, we're getting much more comfortable with Kubernetes and containers and how they operate. We're also getting much more comfortable understanding how our applications run in containers instead of VMs or physical servers. And as those two levels of comfort increase, that's when you start getting bin packing and, and, and more aggressively uh, dense host usage. Yep. Yep. Well, listen, I think with that, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I know we, I mean, we talked about a lot of different things. The, the intent of this was, was not to, to, uh, to sort of complain or badmouth the surveys. It was just to sort of say, hey, you know, sometimes it can be hard looking at any one survey or comparing two of them to, to get a sense of what the market's doing. So I, hopefully we gave you, you know, a sense of kind of how to look at them and, and maybe how to compare a couple of them, how to use more than one to help you fill in some blanks and so forth. And, and then also, you know, give you just some guidelines about saying, okay, how do I really use the, you know, how much of a picture am I really going to get of the market um, from this data versus, you know, whatever other homework and research you do and, and with the industry. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Like I said, uh, next week we will, we will hit on uh, 1.11 Kubernetes. Uh, but uh, folks, thank you for listening. And as always, we will talk to you next week.